This is episode number 769 with New York Times bestselling author Devon Franklin. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. James Baldwin said, love takes off masks that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. And Leo Bascalagia said, what love we've given will have forever. What love we fail to give will be lost for all eternity. Welcome to today's episode, all about relationships, love, and lust with my good friend, Devon Franklin, who is a Hollywood producer, best-selling author, renowned preacher, and motivational speaker. He's best known for the films Miracles from Heaven, Heaven is for Real, and the New York Times best-selling book, The Weight, which he co-wrote with his wife, Megan Good. He's got a new book out we're going to talk about, and also we're going to share how Devon teaches men to think beyond sex, when sex is typically a lot of what men think about. The difference between love and lust, and how to know how to lead with love. The power of acknowledging feelings versus suppressing them, and this is something that a lot of men in general have faced for a while now. And Devon's keys to a successful relationship and thriving marriage. That and so much more in this episode. Make sure to share this with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 769. Super pumped about all the wisdom you're going to gain from this episode. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Big thank you to our sponsor today. I'm so excited about this episode. So let's dive in with the one, the only, Devon Franklin. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got my friend Devon Franklin in Yo, the house, man. I was super up, pumped. That was a good pop right there. That was good, man. <laughs> love it. Thank you are one of the most inspiring guys that I know. I love following your work. You do, 
work that is just authentic to you, and mm -hmm. you don't care what people think. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. It may wow. be unpopular, it may be different, it may be unique, but it's you. Wow. And it's just true and authentic. Yeah, you and know. That's, that's what I love about you, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. Likewise, I, I hope, man. I, I, we've only hung out like three times, but I feel like I really know you. I feel like yeah. I can trust you, and I feel like you're just a, a great voice. Thank you, brother. For I the feel world. the same way. Yeah. You know, so hopefully we get to hang spirit. more. Now yes. I'm going to have to get up at 6 a.m. and start training <laughs> with you. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, but you've got this book out called The Truth About Men, What Men and Women Need to Know. And I'm excited about this because every time I do a, an interview or topic on relationships, it yeah. just seems to go crazy. Is that right? Because people are struggling in relationships yeah. in general, I feel mm -hmm. like. I feel like a lot of people are stressed out more than ever today of first finding a partner, dating is just stressful for people. Then when you're in a relationship, okay, what about marriage? And then mm -hmm. when you're married, how do you stay happily married? <laughs> then when <laughs> right. you get divorced, you say, well, I'm a failure. Right. The last 10, 20 years, I've been a failure. This mm -hmm. was all for nothing. What's wrong with me? And I have to repeat the cycle. How sure. do I find the right person? Yeah. And I think it's stressful because there's so many options in today's world. With social media, there's so many options. and Everything looks yummy. Everything looks tasty. Yep. Everything looks exciting yep. and fresh and new mm -hmm. and interesting. So this is what I loved about this. You've got these questions on the back. I just want to read some of them. Okay. Some are from women and some are from men. And I think I want to talk about men first because you see these questions. Men, have you ever asked yourself... Why does one woman not seem to be enough? Why does one woman not seem to be mm -hmm. enough? Why can't I ever be satisfied? Yeah. And will I ever find peace? These last three questions I feel like resonate with a lot of men. Yes. And I've asked myself those questions <laughs> in previous I have too. in previous relationships in previous relationships yeah. and and also being single at different times. And I'm curious, you know, why does it seem like a struggle for so many men to to be okay with one relationship? Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, this is really especially the, today. Totally, I mean, today is uh, like you said, it makes it even harder because, really, because of just the um, popularity of social media. I would say that that's what's kind of amplified the challenge. The challenge has always been there, but I think with social media, I mean, it really takes that challenge to another level for any man. And so one of the reasons why I wrote the book is to help articulate and hopefully answer some of these questions. And so why I believe that it's really hard for one man to be comfortable sometimes with just one woman, it comes down to me to what the book is really about, which is love. And I believe that love is selfless. Love is sacrificial. It's not just love of self. It's love of the woman in our life, love of family, love of our calling, love of our destiny. So as men, we're never really taught to feed or cultivate love. What are we taught to feed or cultivate? Lust. Sex. Yeah. So to me, the two things that war within a man are love and lust. I define lust as a selfish impulse for personal, professional, financial, or sexual fulfillment by any means necessary, even if those means are detrimental. We live in a culture that almost feeds on the lust in men and, and also encourages us as men to feed on that. So what does that look like? With it, the media promoting just half-naked oh, women everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. Sex everywhere. And, and it's okay. As, as boy, Boys will be boys, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to date. Don't even worry about one, have multiple. That's what we're taught as men growing up, that the more, the better. So in a dating sense, what happens is if our appetite grows to such a place where we're not feeding the love, we're feeding the lust. What is lust? Lust is selfish. It wants what it wants, whenever it wants it, however it wants it. So as men, especially as single men, when you're in a situation where that's what you feed constantly, that's what's gonna be the strongest. And so when it comes to a world where things are not on your terms, 
that almost feels like a foreign experience. Right. Because you've cultivated an appetite where the more women, the better. And guess what? If this woman doesn't suit what I want, I just get rid of her. I move on to the next. Mm. And so what happens is as men, we sometimes consciously and subconsciously allow that lust to run and potentially ruin our life. And so when a man decides, you know what? I wanna get married, I wanna get serious, I wanna get committed, saying I do is not a magic wand. So if you go from having no discipline in your dating life, no discipline in your sex life, you've had as much as you could possibly stomach, you've had as many women as you could possibly have, and then you meet the one that really captures your heart, she taps into the love inside. But be prior to her, and even sometimes with her, you have not practiced discipline as a man. When you say I do, there's nothing magical that happens on the other side of it. So if you have an appetite and you have no discipline, marriage doesn't just automatically give discipline. So why does it become hard for men to just commit to one because they never had much practice with it? Mm. And I believe that you know if we date better, we marry better. If we marry better, we family better. If we family better, we parent better. If we parent better, we community better, right? So it all goes back to how we date. And if there's no discipline there as a man, we're setting ourselves up for a massive challenge. It doesn't mean we cannot be successful, we can. But sometimes as a man, we think why is one not enough? Because we've been conditioned to more. And so the idea of just one becomes foreign. Drop the mic. Let's <laughs> just, just end it right here. Let's end it right here. So how do you know, what's the right way to date someone? Let me ask this question first. When you're in a relationship, yeah. and you say, you know what, I'm gonna be disciplined, I'm gonna work hard at this, even when you know it's not the right fit, you've put in time, you know, six months, a year, two years, and you're like, you know what, I'm just gonna keep going and make it better. I'm gonna try my best to, to cultivate the love. But for some reason, that relationship, you know deep down, isn't the one. Mm-hmm. And you say goodbye to that relationship. Is that you just saying, well, on to the next, there's another option out there. Mm-hmm. How do you know when it is the right one? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question. I think a couple things. One, when you're in a situation, the one the, a premise of the book as it relates to love is really we gotta start telling the truth. Mm. And a lot of times, especially in a relationship sense, it becomes the place where we tell the least truth. You hide the truth. You hide the truth. Because you don't wanna hurt someone. You don't wanna hurt someone, you may have feelings or thoughts, you <clears> may <throat> have things, that, and also, you sometimes in a relationship you can be afraid. If I tell the, this person the truth, it doesn't even mean the, the truth that I'm not into them. It could be like, I'm really into you. Or it could be like, here's some things I'm thinking about. The question sometimes is, where the fear comes in is judgment. If I tell this person my truth, will they judge me? Will they still like me? Will they still love me? Will they still be there for me? And so a lot of times, whether you're a man or a woman in a relationship, you bring that fear into it. And so as a result, sometimes that fear works against being truthful. So a lot of times in a relationship, you're more truthful with people outside the relationship than you are with the person in the relationship. Telling other people outside, <laughs> totally. everything is happening. Everything is, you know, and you're not telling your partner. And this is why, as men and women, we've gotta start communicating with one another instead of wow. at one another. And so I really wanted to write this book to help foster more truth. So that the point you're bringing up, if you're in a situation where you're with somebody and you're not sure it's the right fit, here is the number one way to begin to identify if it is operating in lust or if you're operating in love, it's peace. Your, our peace. You feel peace. That's inside. right. Our peace is the strongest barometer. It's our compass. Yeah. So it, it tells us we're going in the right direction. We're going with the right person in the right direction. Yeah. Or you know what? I'm going in the right direction, but something about doesn't feel like this is the person that's supposed to go with me. Mm. Right? It's really about peace. That's where I, I can, and everyone has the opportunity to define what that means for them. But to me, that's a great way to identify is this the right person I'm dealing with? So then let's just say, let's say you don't have peace. The truth is, I need to tell that person as soon as possible, here's, what's, here's what I'm really going through. Here's why. 
especially as a man. As soon, no, don't wait three don't months, wait. six months. Why? Yeah. Because here's what happens. As a man, the moment you start to know, mm, this ain't it. I don't, I don't mm, this ain't it. Here's what happens. The more you do not tell her the truth about how you're feeling, either she's gonna cry now, she's gonna cry later. And when she cries later, she's, you've inflicted more pain. I believe as a man, we, we're gonna be one of two men, men that heal pain or inflict pain. Wow. And that truth, as hard as it may be, and as much as she may not wanna hear it, it's better for her to hear it early on before she can have more emotional investment than to hear it later and you knew six months ago you were yeah, out of there. Yeah. Part of telling the truth is to say, listen, I love you. I, when I operate in love, I put someone else's needs over my needs. I'm thinking about someone else's thoughts, even sometimes before my thoughts, mm -hmm. someone else's well-being. So in a dating sense, as a man, you're like, hey, I need you to know what I'm really feeling here so that we can just have an honest conversation. Like, I don't wanna feel this way. I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but you know, some, I don't know if this is just the right fit. And, I don't, you know, and do your best to articulate that. It's better to put it all out on the table. Yeah. Then, there you go, six months later, seven months later, something happens, and then we, and then sometimes, I've been there when I was single, mm -hmm. You wait for something to happen then to use that as an excuse. Yeah, of course. Yeah, to yeah. say, oh, well, it's because this happened. Yeah, well, yeah. no, that's not because of that. Because if there was really love and there was a long-term plan there, you could work through that, right? Yeah. But too often, I feel like as men, we hold on to what we think. And I think women do that too, because they're afraid. So I think when you go into this idea of like, okay, well, how do you date in love? How do you date in mastery? It doesn't mean you can't explore. It doesn't mean you can't find the right fit. This is all about a journey. Mm -hmm. So love, when you're trying to find the compatibility, you're, you're searching, right? We're all, we all find that journey. However. It's dating with more intent. It's dating with more intent. So what does that look like? It looks like, and again, this is just what I believe will help us as men, especially in a dating sense, think beyond sex. Mm -hmm. Think beyond sex. How do you teach men to do that when that's all they've been conditioned to think? Well, here's how. Because again, instead of looking at that woman as an object for your pleasure, mm -hmm. look at her as an individual. Look at her as someone's sister, someone's mm -hmm. mother, someone's daughter, someone's friend humanize her in your mind. It doesn't mean, listen, if you you know choose not to wait until marriage to have sex with that person, that's, that's your business. But so often men look at women first as a sexual object, not as an individual. And as a result, when a woman most of the time says, hey, you know what, I don't wanna have sex, you know, or I wanna wait or whatever, a lot of men say, all right, well, I'm moving on to the next. If a woman does not want to have sex or share her body with you because she does not trust you, she does not know you, she does not love you, that's a sign of a great woman, mm. not a woman that should be discarded. Wow. And so as a man, when you're single and you're discarding women because they don't want to share their body, that's a warning sign to me. Hey. About you as a That's man. right. What's going on with you, bro? Why are you on such a path for personal, selfish, lustful fulfillment that you are discarding potential women that could help make the difference in a positive way in your life? Wow. So for any man, it's about, hey, let me look in the mirror for a minute and just stop. Why? Because look at what's going on in the world. There's so much news about you know, the challenges that men are facing. And why are so many men facing all these challenges? Because I believe most men have given themselves over to lust. Mm. They've given themselves over to this selfish fulfillment where they want what they want, whenever they want it, however they want it. And as a result, they become the sum total of what that lust makes them. So as a man, no man can turn a blind eye towards what's going on with men in the world. So if, if anything, allow what we're seeing in the world to then be a motivator for every individual man. Yeah, yeah. Who do I wanna be? Am, am I inadvertently living in a way where I may meet the same fate of some of the same men that I'm seeing in the world, right? Because it's not like, oh, point the finger, oh, look at them, oh, I would never become that. Wait a minute, the moment any of us as men say, oh, I would never, 
You might. Set the, set the, set the watch, <laughs> right? Because all of us have yeah. the same struggle. All of us struggle between love and lust. And the, and the issue is getting control, mm. getting discipline, getting mastery to the degree where I don't believe we can ever eradicate lust. I don't believe that. And that's a truth most women don't want to hear, right? But I believe that is the truth. Lust is in every man, no matter who that man is, no matter what. How faithful you no are. No matter how faithful, spiritual. it's there. It's not even a reflection of the woman in his life at all. However, as men, when we learn to get control of it, when we learn to put love in control of lust, that's when we position ourselves to not allow that lust to destroy us. A couple of things I want to ask from this. Yeah. You are a successful man in Hollywood. You've been married for how long now? Seven years. Almost. Seven years. Two-part question. The first part is, do you know any successful men in Hollywood who are not married and who have multiple partners? Do you see any of them that are successful in their career but also have that inner peace that you talked about a few minutes ago? I don't see many successful men that would live are living according to what you how you just outlined that are uh, that have the peace. They might have the fun. Yeah, they have they have the fun, they have the money, the all position, the girls. all of that, but I would not say that the men that fit the description that I've been yeah. privy have that peace where there's just a sense of okay, you know what? I'm cool. I'm I'm competent. I'm here. This is what it is. A lot of times and I believe that if any man is really honest with themselves, I don't believe the more women you have, the more peace you, you get. I think it actually more chaos. More chaos. Think about it. You know, it's like as a man, at, at the end of our life, when you think about how much time you spend, mm-hmm. you know, with with women, chasing women, spending money on all those things, you gotta ask yourself, what what do we have to show for it? Yeah. So for me, prior to getting married, I had to ask the same question, what would I have to show for all this? And I wasn't like when I uh, Megan and I started dating that I was like all of a sudden ready to get married. I wasn't. But what I did was a friend of mine encouraged me, don't be afraid. Don't allow your fear to mess this up. Afraid of what? Commitment? Commitment. Marriage, marriage just all of it. Committed. The unknown. You know, because you were dating other girls before then. Yeah, you were having yeah. fun. You were, you know, yeah. yeah. But I was dating with intention. You know, I was gotcha. dating, saying, "Hey, yo, here's where I am in life. Here's what I'm, I'm looking to do." So that there was no lack of clarity with gotcha. anyone that was dating me where I was. You know, and I talk about this in the book. It's so important. And I talk, I'll talk about it from the, the the male side and the female side. For men, it's important because what happens is lust makes us a part time manipulator in a single sense. Mm. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that you're dating multiple women. Those women don't really know that there's as many other women as there are. And they don't even know that you're not as serious as you seem to be when you're with them. Because your intention is for sexual desire. Sexual, sexual desire, needs. companionship in that moment, whatever your pleasure it's not is for in that long-term. moment. There's, there's no long-term, and, and at the same time, there's no regard for their real feelings. It's like, this is a woman that I may date on Tuesday, here's someone I may date on Thursday, here's, here's one, a woman I may date on Saturday night. And none of them really know the other one exists. So that's what I mean about not dating with intention. So when you're dating with intention, you're letting everybody know, listen, Here's where I am, here's what I'm doing, very, very important. As a man, I encourage any single man mm-hmm. to, if you really wanna get become successful in life, and success to me is nothing to do with what happens in the world. Success is to me peace. Inner world. It's the inner world. Success Absolutely, is who, who is the person that looks back at you in the mirror? And there is where success starts and where it stops. We see a lot of men who have public success, but no personal success. Yeah. And there used to be a time where that was okay. But now, real success starts you know, with who's looking back in the mirror. Mm-hmm. So I would ask any man, if you are finding yourself dating multiple women for multiple women's sake, why? Ask, just stop to ask the question, why are you doing it? And what is the real value that you're getting out of it? Do you find yourself with this unsatiable appetite? 
that no one person can ever quench. And as a result, there's no peace within your spirit. Super important. The second part of that is that if you find yourself saying, hey, you know what? I am gonna get more discipline here, but I still want to explore. Okay, explore with intention. Let the woman know what your intentions are. So then they, as an adult, mm -hmm. can make the decision if they want to engage with you. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is what real honesty and transparency looks like. Right. Now, for a woman, if you're dating a man, you've got to get out of the gray area. You've got to get out of the gray area. It's and what does this mean? Right? <laughs> That's right. But that gray area is the area where you are most liable. Because in a relationship sense, the one who has the knowledge, the most knowledge, has the most power. And a lot of times, men have more power because they know what they're really serious about and what they're not, and the woman that they're dealing with does not know. That's a gray area. He may text you all the time, he may talk to you all the time. You may go out on a date. You may, may have met his parents, but never has he told you we're together. Right, or and he's thinking about the commitment. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so for a woman in that situation, she's in a gray area. Mm -hmm. And I encourage her in the book, you gotta get out of the gray. You gotta ask clear, direct questions, wait for clear, direct answers, so that the man that you're dealing with, you get a sense of, are you, are you dating anyone else? Are we committed? Are we exclusive? What are your plans? Where are you going? Don't be afraid to ask the questions, because so often when women, when women come to me for advice, they're afraid. Well, what if I ask him these questions and he leaves? Well, he was gonna leave anyway. That's good. That's great. Right. That's the more, great. The more, I mean, here's the thing. I've dated women in the past who, they're almost so honest in the beginning, it's like, oh my gosh, you're like pushing me away because I'm like, this is not where I'm at in my life. Like you're talking about kids in the first five minutes. I'm like, <laughs> I just want to have fun right yeah, now. Yeah. But then there's other women who are that honest where you're like, wow, I'm actually really interested in you. I'm, this is kind of scary that you're so honest, Yeah. but I'm going to like keep exploring because I yeah. like you and I'm that interested in you and I want to sure. learn more. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I think the more honest you are in the beginning, maybe you don't have to say in five, min five minutes, I want to have five kids. <laughs> but I think almost the more truthful you can be earlier on, yeah. the better. Because you can start to eliminate those people or know exactly where they're going to be at. Well, yeah, you, you get a better sense of what's what. And I also encourage women, I, I say, listen, have an observation period in dating. Mm, what's that mean? Meaning, don't just rush into when you're dating somebody, telling this particular man, all of the stuff you want, all the, like, you don't even know if you're gonna like this person. Right. And sometimes it's like, just on that, like you said, on that first date, they're like telling, oh, here's what I wanna do, da, da, da. No, 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 no. Chill. Yeah. Observe. Yeah. See if this man is even worthy of knowing what you think. Mm. See if this man is even worthy of knowing your plans and what you, how you see your future. How will you know if he's worthy of knowing? Because you're gonna spend time, you're gonna evaluate, you're gonna see who he is, and this is why, Listen, I know in this modern world, what I'm getting ready to say is just uncommon, but I don't care. Let's hear it. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> this is why, this is why it's so important. I'd say in this book, like I believe it's important to wait until marriage for sex, but most people aren't gonna do that. I say in this book, at least wait until you're in a trusted, committing, loving relationship before you have sex. Why? Because when you have sex with someone and you do not know them and you do not trust them, it becomes hard to really get clear on who they are and what they're about. So important. So as a woman, I'm like, listen, if I was a woman and I was dating, oh, you ain't getting none from me. Why? Because I don't know you.
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. I was at, I was at uh, Facebook on the book tour, and uh, this woman asked me a question and during our Q&A. And so I said this to her, man, and she said, she was asking me a question about sex and whatnot. And I said, okay, I said, so let me just give you an analogy. Let me, okay, how many in, women in the audience after a month of dating a guy, would you give them the code to your phone? Mm, the code and, of your passcode. Yeah, you, and, and most of them said, oh no, I, there's no way. A month, are you kidding me? I said, okay, now listen, I'm not trying to get in your business. I'm not going to judge you. I said, but in that same period of time, in previous relationships, how many of you in that same period of time have already given him your body? Mm, 90%. I mean, so if you don't trust him enough to give him the code to your phone, why would you give him your body? Wow. You don't give a man your body, right? It gives you a better opportunity to observe and evaluate what does he really want? Is he even really interested potentially in who I am, what I think? Or is he just interested in what my body can give him? Mm -hmm. That's what I say about an observation period, so that you can really see who this man is, what he's about, and really where he's going. Yeah. And I believe that women have a lot more power in dating than they realize, oh, but a lot of times they give it away. So much power. But they give it away. They give it away to men. You know, like, oh, yo, it's like, no, no, hold on to that power. Evaluate. Make decisions. Even don't even if you want to be in a relationship super bad, don't allow mm. your flesh and your desire to then make you so desperate that you lower your standard to the degree where you're allowing men entry into your life that really are not qualified for sex. What if the woman just wants to have fun and they're not looking for a committed mm -hmm. relationship either? Then you know what? Listen, I'm not going to judge what consenting adults want to do. If that's her point of view, that's her point of view. Yeah, you know, and that just is what it is. Um, and at, it's, at a certain point, you know, when she's doing the same thing and, want, and wants a different result, it'll right, require right. looking at what she's doing to get the result. Gotcha. Same for any man. Exactly. You know, when any man gets to a place where he's like, you know, I keep doing the same thing, I get a different result, they have to change what I'm doing. 
Yeah. That's I might be having fun, but I feel soulless inside. Or yeah. I feel like I'm not having true yeah. intimacy or I'm not, yeah, exactly. I'm exactly. lacking the partnership uh, that I really want. Totally. Just totally. by having this fun. Exactly. Now, are there any men in Hollywood, again, I don't want you to say names or anything, but are there any men in Hollywood that you know who've been married for a long period of time that are just so happy? They've been married for 10, 15, 20 years. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they're just like so happy <laughs> that they and they feel zero desire for other women. Do you know any of that? Well, now hold on. I don't, I see again, I'm gonna say something that's probably crazy yeah. that most women don't wanna hear. I don't believe there's any man on this planet in a marriage that has zero desire for for another woman. Yeah. I don't believe that. Yeah. It just becomes a question of managing that desire. The discipline. Yeah, totally. And yeah. saying, yeah, there's a desire here, but whatever, you know, it is what it is, it'll pass. I love my wife, I'm not gonna do that, boom. But in terms of Hollywood, I think that there's no exception there, but I do know men, yes, that are, that are married, that are happy. Happily married. That are, yes, happily married, love their wives, <laughs> love being married. Even with all the challenges that there are and the temptations, that is not, uh, there are a lot of men that I know that are fit that description, where that tempta- they have not fallen into temptation, no matter what desires they may have, because they love their wife and they love their life so much. And from your point of view, you think that these men who've been married for 10 plus years, who've been faithful and committed, or maybe they've had some slip-ups or whatever, but they're in the marriage, they're happy, they're committed. You believe that those men are going to be more successful in life than men who are not married or not committed in relationship because the people that are not committed are lacking the inner peace as much? Here's what I feel. I feel like going back to that battle between love and lust right? And love being selfless. And I believe as men, uh, one of our biggest challenges is we don't know how to love. Um, We don't know how to love ourselves. We don't really know how to love the women in our lives. We don't know how, because we don't know how to give love. We don't know how to receive love. And this is an area where most men struggle. Um, And it's actually the area, no matter how successful in the world or publicly a man may be, Without love, I do feel that that man is deficient Mm. because love is the name of the game. Love is what this is all about. It really is. It's what life's about. It's not about the money. It's not about the power. It's not about the fame. It's not about the success. It's about love, Mm -hmm. period. Because at the end of the day, you can pass on to your children or pass on to the next generation money. You can pass on influence. But if you don't pass on love, those children will be deficient, right? Those children will become dysfunctional. It's love. And so as a man, when I decide I'm not going to open myself up to love, I don't believe I can ever reach my fullest potential as a human being. So it's not so much that the institution of marriage makes men better in and of itself, it's that institution which fosters that love Mm. and vulnerability, because I believe our vulnerability leads to our victory, not the opposite way. And so as men, we have to really work against the training that we get, which is like, oh, growing up, love makes us weak. Oh, you're soft, right? You know, the whole box that we're taught as men to live in and we don't live in that box. You know, we're either met with violence or put downs and whatnot. So most men growing up, if we don't fit the box of every man is strong and every man has the answers and every man has women, every man has power. If we don't fit that box, most of the time growing up, we're told, stop crying, stop being a wimp. So the box breaks us. So what do we as men do? Anything that does not contribute to our survival, we suppress. So we may want to say, yo, what's up, bro, man? Love you, man. You good? But we don't do that mm-hmm. because we're taught growing up, yo, if you, don't, you don't say, I love you. Are you crazy? So we hold it in, right? And then we just try to do everything we can to survive. So we try to subscribe to everything in the box, but secretly we know there's something off. Mm -hmm. So to me, when you have a man that is choosing not to open himself up to love, 
I would argue because that's happening because that man has had a deep hurt in his life that he is not yet willing to process and face and get healing over, right? It's like, okay, either it's something with a parent or, or a previous relationship. You know, I think that's also one of the truths about men is we're more sensitive than most people realize. Yeah, very. You know, and there's a lot of times men have gotten their heart broken so bad at one point in time, it was so painful, they have no desire to ever go do that again. But I believe we are naturally predisposed to love, but as men, we have to work against the cultural and right. societal conditioning in order to do that. And I believe when we do it, we are happier, we live longer, we are more peaceful. So I do think a man certainly can adjust to life without a woman, mm. without love. But do I think the fullest life is when we find the right person that we can walk life, walk through life with? I do. Yeah. Because I think love is what it's all about. That's true. I do too. I want to take a moment from this episode to talk about P3OM. Now, here's the shocking fact about probiotics. According to my friend Naveen Jain, billionaire and founder of Viome, the at-home test that manages gut bacteria count, almost no probiotics show up in people's gut analysis. That means 99% of probiotics out there don't colonize your gut as claimed. Still, research shows we need good bacteria to fight the bad guys. So what's the solution? I'm excited to tell you about a single-strain proteolithic probiotic called P3OM. Now, P3OM uses a patented natural process to upgrade a well-researched probiotic strain. The result is a new super strain that my friend Wade Lightheart calls the Navy Seal of probiotics because it kicks bad bacteria's butts. And once in your body, the P3OM super strain doubles every 20 minutes and helps get rid of the bad guys before it is safely eliminated. To see it in action, go to buyoptimizers.com slash greatness. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash greatness and watch it dissolve a piece of raw steak. Try P3OM risk-free today. They have the best guarantee I've seen in the industry. It's a 365-day full money-back guarantee. And if you don't find P3OM the most potent probiotic you've ever taken, their support team will give you all your money back, no questions asked. Make sure to go to buyoptimizers.com slash greatness and be sure to enter the code greatness to receive 20% off discount. Check it out right now, buyoptimizers.com slash greatness. And now let's get back into this interview with Devon Franklin. It's interesting you said that men can go through extreme heartbreak. And I think, I'm going to generalize this, but I feel like mm-hmm. men in general have not learned how to deal with their emotions. Yeah. And so when an extreme emotional attack is against us, yep. it's like a bomb explodes. Totally. Where it can be horrible for women too. I mean, it can be heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It could take a year or two to, to like recover in a, in a breakup. It could hurt really bad. But I feel like in general, women are able to express their emotions with other girlfriends more, their family members, and at least talk about their feelings. Yeah. Whereas men, when you get oh heartbroken, goodness. it could break you physically. Because, because we don't talk about it. That's it. We hold it in. We That's suppress it. it. That's it. Oh, man. I talk about this in the book. You know, anything we suppress, uh, we empower. We empower it to destroy us. Really? Seriously. We, that, and that's one of the reasons why I wrote this book. we got to start talking. 
We got to start being honest. We got to start communicating. We got to start. I have a whole chapter in this book called Create a Safe Space, mm. where we have at least one other person that we can talk to, that we can tell what's really going on, and we can and we can do it without fear of judgment. Yeah. Because as men, I remember my early 20s, you know, I got my heart broke, man. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> it's like life was, was over. It was over. Forget about it. It's, I'm done. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and a lot of but you, but then you don't want to go to anybody and tell them that you know you're you're as messed up because people are going to judge you and suck it up, suck it up, yeah. and all that. Get so, back out there. That's right. Get oh, it's fine. There's plenty of the fish in the sea. Well, no, I wanted that fish. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get her. Right. <laughs> and so I talk about in the book. It's important for us to no longer suppress because that that suppression it, it it builds that pressure within us. And why do we feed lust? Because then lust becomes an outlet. Lust becomes a relief to the pressure that we're not acknowledging and the stress that we're really feeling internally, we find a vice. There's a whole chapter in the book called The One You Feed. You know, so either you're feeding love or you're feeding lust. Wow. And vices feed the lust. Uh, virtue feeds the love. And so as men, think about how much of this world is designed to feed vice, to, to feed men vice. Everything. Everything, every, man. Every time you turn your phone oh my on, goodness, drive dude. down the street, Oh my goodness, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And so as men, we then have to practice mastery, which is the practice of love, where we become smarter. We become to realize, oh, got it. This world is actually not predisposed for me to become as successful as I can be. So I have to look at things through a different lens. So I have to say, oh, got it. There are traps set up every day for me to fall into vice every day, every man. I'm not pointing the finger, I'm saying every man. Just open up Instagram. You. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, yo, okay, man, listen. If I don't manage Instagram, Instagram's gonna manage me, all right? <laughs> so I gotta get control, all right? Because there's vice everywhere, and we have to make the decision about, okay, I have to consistently seek out virtue. So things like this podcast, yeah. you know, self-help books, reading the word, yeah. you know, going to church if you're spiritual, listening to, to the right music, putting things in our spirit that remind us of who we are, that remind us of whose we are, that remind us of where we're going. Because if we don't consistently nurture and feed ourselves virtue, that vice is, I mean, seriously, it's like junk food, man. It's gonna attack, it's gonna attack it's, your it's, body. Dude, it's gonna attack our body, it's gonna attack our spirit, it's gonna take us to a place we don't wanna be. No matter how healthy we may want to live, if we don't go and put healthy food in our in our refrigerators, right. if we don't make a decision to eat that way, yeah. we're gonna eat whatever's close. Yeah. And whenever we are impulsive and we eat whatever's close, it's always gonna be the worst thing. And the same thing goes in life. So it's so important to cultivate this lens of identifying, okay, here's where the vice is, here's where the virtue is, and making ourselves committed to consuming as much virtue wow. as we can. How does your wife support you in staying virtuous in your, your thoughts, your actions, your... Yeah, you know, beliefs, you know, I mean, I would say just her encouragement, you know, even her encouragement to write this book. When I first told her, she was like, oh, yeah, you got to do that. And I would read her chapters of the book and passages as I was writing it. And so she was just, you know, completely on board. And I was like, okay, cool. That really helped me because, you know, writing this book and being honest and being transparent <laughs> and being vulnerable in front of people that I may never meet and they're going to know all this stuff about me, that, that was hard. But yeah. Her encouragement really, really did did a lot, and then also just that support system, you know, that support system of knowing no matter what happens in the world, I got somebody who's there with me, mm. uh, someone that I can come home to, and she can come home to me, and that in and of itself is very is virtuous, right. and that really helps lay a great foundation for feeling comfortable doing everything that, that I'm called to do and also becoming everything I'm called to be. Mm. You know, when home life is settled, it really helps feel, there's a freedom there. Right. And so I think both of us, you know, really try to give each other enough support and an environment where we both can become who we're called to be. Mm. When do you feel the most loved? 
going back to like the five love languages, you know, I'm I'm one love in action, right? I, that's that's my thing. So I really feel the most love when I see the support. And that support could be as simple as like, oh babe, you know, I know you were gone, you know, but here's what I did while you were away. Just little things like yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's when I really feel uh, the most love. That like, oh okay, got it. You know, she's in it with me. Mm-hmm. We're in this together. You know, I'm not out here fighting this battle by myself. She's not out there fighting her battle by herself. But we are in it and connected where I'm understanding, oh, got it. She's doing da-da-da-da-da. She's probably going to need this. Let me think ahead mm. and plan ahead so that she knows I'm thinking about her in the same way. That's when I feel the most love. When do you feel the most hurt? I feel the most hurt when I feel like I'm alone, you know, where it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, man. I'm just doing this on my own. This is hard. Yeah, you know, it's a blessing to be able to do all the things that I do, but you know, there's some moments, man, where it's like, yo, I'm just one voice shouting in the wind, man. (laughs) (laughs) And so, man, that's when it can get hard. Really, really hard. And I think also all of us struggle with what we can see in our head, where we would want to be, and sometimes where we are. And there's sometimes a difference between the two. There's things, dreams, ideas, thoughts we want to see manifested for our life. And when they aren't yet manifested, we're still reconciling the present that we have that doesn't really align with our future. Mm-hmm. And I'm no, no exception to that. So there are moments when I'm like, yo, what am I doing? This is crazy. Am I really? really? Oh, all the time. Am I on the right path? Am I really making a difference? What am I, you know, this is crazy. I'm just going to stick to producing or whatever. Right, like, right, I'm going right. to stop doing all this. Like, you know, there are those moments. Am I praying on Instagram? There we go. Yeah. No, for real. It's yeah, like, yeah. what am I doing? Why yeah. am I doing these things? But then I get back to a place of like, okay, I just can't allow where I want to be to disrupt where I am Mm. and to really just take a minute and appreciate. Anytime I get in that headspace, discouragement, I try to practice just moments of gratitude. You know what? Thank you. You know what? I woke up today. You know what? Thank you, God. You know what? Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you that, you know, I said something that someone appreciated. Whatever. Like, just practicing those quick moments of gratitude just help me get focused. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes when I'm not in that, that's when I feel the most alone. Yeah. You see, you've been married for seven years. Yeah. Together for eight, nine years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About eight, uh, nine a little years. over eight. Eight, eight and plus years. You know, there, I, there's always those people who say, Perfect couples online. They always have these perfect videos. They're always like amazing together. There's never any challenges. You know, it's the person who's not in a relationship or went through a bad divorce. They're just like, oh, they just hate watching people who look perfect online. And they're like, how could they be so perfect? They've got to have some challenges. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could you share maybe the biggest challenge you face while being married? Yeah. That you're... Uh, open to sharing. Sure, sure, yeah. I think the uh, biggest, either as yourself or as a couple. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I think the biggest challenge of being married is you know you're taking these two individual entities. Yeah. Different people. Different people. Different thoughts. Different expectations. Different experiences. Different realities. And you're consistently, constantly trying to merge the two into one. And that is one of the hardest experiences in life. Mm. Period. You know, even in physics, when two atoms come together, there's there's fusion, there's there's tension, there's heat, there's friction, pressure, there's yeah. pressure, there's conflict, and it's the same thing when two people are coming together. So in marriage, you know, it's that same thing of that consistent negotiation of like, okay, my thoughts versus sometimes her thoughts versus our thoughts, and what's good for us, what's good for the marriage, what's just good for me, what's good for her. So there's this consistent dialogue and and debate and dance 
around trying to find the sweet spot. Mm. And I think that's one of the beauties of marriage is that it's constantly challenging us to become our best self and to expand who we think we are. Marriage is really about compromise and okay, how do we find the common ground here? And where is that? And also as a man leading in love, one of the challenges sometimes in leading in love is like, man, okay, I wanna say this, but you know what? I, uh, it's not, I shouldn't say that, right? Okay, how do, I, how do I get my intention across in love? And that is hard. So I would say one of the cha- hardest things in marriage is just the coexisting, you know, and-, and, and Living and together. Living together. <laughs> and, 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 and also it's like finding that common ground of the things that she wants to do, the things that I want to do, and the things that we then commit to do together. Mm. And uh, there's no rule book on how to do it. Um, but this is where the love comes in. And so like even when people see us on social media, you know, like, oh man, I think what you're seeing is even in the midst of the challenges, you're seeing the reality of what's really there, which is, oh, these are two people that genuinely love each other. Even and, if you're going through adversity or yeah. challenges or arguing. Oh, yeah, or- yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I, I think that what you see or anyone that sees us in, on social media some moments, I think what's coming through is the, is the truth. The truth is that that love is really there. But even in the midst of that love, we still cultivate, still coexisting mm-hmm. and negotiating and what's right and what's not. And all those things happen all the time. Really? All the time. Oh, yeah. But because you know you love, you know, I know I love her and she loves me and we are in love. It's what allows us the environment to still work through so many different things wow. uh, on any given day, you know. What's the thing that you believe you can improve to get to the next level individually for the marriage to thrive even more. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Yeah, you know, I think where I can improve, you know, I think it's the area where all men struggle, communication. Really? Yeah. You're this excellent yeah. communicator, speaker, yeah, executive, it, movie producer, author, I know. writer. I know. Freaking pastor, you know, you yeah. are the communicator. Yeah. So if, if there's... A struggle for you. It's like, what are the rest of men? We're, screw- we're screwed. You know, it's like you're the best communicator there is. The rest oh, of men man. have no chance. But there's a, but there's a difference between communicating publicly and then communicating uh, personally. Ooh. You know, so so the public communication is actually the easier communication. It's easy for you to to write the books. It's oh yeah, yeah. That's that's that's. I mean, it's not. Don't get me wrong. It's there are still difficulties. But in terms of that interpersonal communication, that's an area where I absolutely wow. want, to, want to get better for sure. And what I'll tell you is, writing this book has really helped a lot. It has helped me tremendously work on that and not being afraid to be honest and not being afraid to speak my truth and not being afraid to say what I'm thinking and doing it in love. And, and it's been hugely cathartic and very liberating because as I was saying when we first sat down, so it, it, it astonishes me 
how, how little we really operate in truth. Wow. It astonishes me how little real communication there is in a, in a relationship or, or even a marriage for that matter. Or to yourself. Or to yourself, because a lot of times we feel things, but we suppress. I don't want to think that about myself. No, I can think about it. Well, guess what? Any suppressed thought does not go away. It persists. The only way to get a, a suppressed thought to go away is to acknowledge that it's there. Hey, you know what? I'm feeling this. I don't want to feel it, but it's here. So now that I'm acknowledging it, I have a question. What am I going to do about it? But if I don't acknowledge that it's there, guess what? It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get worse. Mm -hmm. So what I've been learning is the more I communicate and the more I'm honest and the more I'm truthful and the more I work on those things, the better I become as a person. And I think that also uh, lends itself to the marriage and the healthier the marriage becomes. Do you believe that you can over-communicate in a relationship? Yes, I, I, this is, and I'll answer it this way. You, without a doubt, you can. When I'm making a movie, so like my new movie is called Breakthrough. It's a true story of a mother who prays her son back to life after he dies falling through a frozen lake. And Chrissy Messer, this is us, stars as the mother. And so, every, and I do a lot of true stories. You know, mm -hmm. the, one of the last true stories I did was Miracles from Heaven with Jennifer Garner. And so whenever I'm developing a true story and I sit down with the real person or the family that the movie is based on, I say this very thing. I say, listen, I'm excited to tell your movie. I'm excited to bring it to the world. I said, but I want to be really clear about something. There's a difference between the truth and the facts. I said, the, the, the facts are for the documentary. The truth is for the movie. Mm. So I'm going to help develop a script and produce a movie that will tell the truth of your story. But if you want every fact to be told, that's where you can write a book and go get a, a documentary made. Because the movie is to try to articulate the truth. So when it comes to communication, I think it's important to articulate truth but sometimes when you're dictating every fact, that can feel like over-communicating. Mm. People want to know the essence of what you're feeling, but you know, it's not like, okay, so at five o'clock I did this, and da -da 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 -da. that's when it's like, wait, it's just too much information. Yeah, just tell me the truth. The truth, the truth is like, you know what, I'm, feeling, I'm really happy right now. And the reason why I'm happy, I had a great day. Or you know what, I'm really sad right now. And the reason why I'm sad, I had a bad day. That's the truth. Over-communicating can sometimes be over-communicating so many different facts. And so that's how I articulate that. And I think that anybody wants to know the truth, but not everybody always wants to know every detail of the fact. Yeah. You've been sharing a lot more truth in this, and it sounds like a lot more with your wife. Yeah. Recently in the last year with this book being out and working on this, is there any truth that you have yet to share with yourself personally, hmm. to your wife, with the yeah. world, with your brothers? Sure, you know, I think that... Or that you need to share more of. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's a question that's evolving. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that there's always truth in us that we aren't always aware until certain circumstances come up and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. wait a minute. Hmm, I didn't know that was there. I didn't know that feeling was there. You know, so in this moment, I feel pretty resolved around my truth. However, I don't let that produce an arrogance. That, oh, yeah, I'm owning my truth. I'm fine. No, no, no. Something could happen right after I leave this interview. And I realize, holy crap, there's some, there's some truth in me that I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of. There's some stuff I got to be honest about. Wow, I didn't know that feeling was still there. So I, I say with an asterisk that in, the, in this moment I'm owning my truth. But I have to be in touch and sensitive to each moment. Wow. Because I think so often, especially as you know, men in the public eye to a degree, you know, there's a tendency to, to want to portray we have it all together mm -hmm. or portray that we have it all figured out. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote this book is to dispel that. I don't have it figured out. I don't. I work on it every day. I struggle between love and lust mm -hmm. and I do my best 
to become the man that I really wanna be and lead in love. And that's a struggle at times, it's a challenge at times, but I'm committed to the work because the work is fulfilling. But I wanted to, in this book, really close the distance between a persona and a person, right? Because a lot of times when we're trying to portray this image, it gets exhausting because the persona isn't really who the person is. Right. So with this book, it's like, okay, let me bridge the gap. So here's who I am as a person, here's who people may think of me as a persona, and here's, here's the reality. So that there's not a distance between the two, as much as humanly possible. And as part of walking that journey, I think we all have to be open to, there are certain things that we have gone through in life. There are certain things that are still buried in our subconscious that we aren't even aware of. There's pain, there's trauma, there's tragedy. We all have gone through. And we've compartmentalized some things, we've packed some things away, and we do our best to operate with the consciousness that we have. But at any given moment, something can trigger us. And we're like, I didn't know I was still harboring that hurt from my mother yeah. or that pain from my dad or whatever it may be. So that's a long answer to your question, yeah. but I, again, with an asterisk say, hey, I feel good about the truth I'm owning now, but I'm just sensitive to enough to know that there's other stuff in me that only over time will reveal sure. the areas I still have to work on. You mentioned trauma. What's, what's the, tr the biggest trauma that you've had in your life that has taken you the longest to heal, mm -hmm. but also define who you are in a positive way at the same time. Sure, Like sure. it's driven you to yeah, be yeah. the man that you are in a positive yeah. way, but also mm -hmm. driven you into darkness and taking the sure. longest to heal. Man, you know, I would say it's the, it's the loss of my father. You know, you were that, young when that yeah, happened, Yeah, I was right? nine years old. Man, I mean, you know, that was the most, it was just traumatic. I mean, I remember my mother, you know, walking me and my brothers uh, into the morgue at the hospital. Uh, wow. Yeah, and there was my dad. You saw him on the, oh, on the yeah. morgue. She she asked us to go kiss him goodbye. No way. Dude. That's heavy. Dude, I remember. Is that a nine-year-old? Nine, I was nine, my older brother was 12, and my my younger brother was uh, six years old. And she said, go kiss your father goodbye. And I, I mean, I will never forget kissing his forehead, and it was the coldest. Oh my gosh. Dude, it's like you've never, you've, you don't know cold. You don't know cold until you have experienced that with uh, someone that's passed away. And it wasn't that that moment itself was traumatic. It was the, the realization that he's gone. He's not coming back. Like, this is not like, oh, maybe things will turn around. Like, it's, it's over. So, you know, make your peace with this because this is not going to change. So that trauma for me, I think, has driven me. It's driven me in many different ways, some positive, some negative. On the negative side, I think what it has done is, like, it's always put me on a path to, you know, I got to prove something. You know, I gotta prove something, I gotta show that either I'm not him, or in, in that he was a great man, but he had his flaws. You know, he was an alcoholic. I even talk about in the book how I found out in my teenage years he had an affair on my mother and all these things. So, you know, he was great, but he was flawed. And so sometimes I'm driven to like prove that I'm not him. Uh, I'm also driven to prove something, like, okay, I'm gonna make something of my life. And sometimes when that becomes your driver, you operate in lust, mm. you know, because lust is more than just sex or women. Lust can be power, lust can be fame, lust can be success. And so sometimes I found myself being driven by those things to prove myself to an imaginary person. Who do I have to prove myself to? Who? Outside of the person that looks back at me in the mirror and God, who do I have to prove anything to? But I think losing my dad and that trauma really put me kind of, even in my teenage years, a rebel in reverse. I wasn't rebelling in a way where I was out drinking or partying. I was rebelling through achievement mm. and trying to find my value in achievement. And what I discovered and what I discover is that anytime as a man or a woman, when we have an internal hole, a pain, a trauma, 
and we're trying to find something external to heal it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because what's internal has to be healed internally. So anytime I have this internal pain, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find my value in how I do and what I do. Making I'm trying to find my value in making the money and, yeah. and all the achievements. It doesn't satisfy because there's something on the inside that still says you're not good enough. So how do you heal internally? By being honest, by accepting. You know what? I don't feel good enough. Why don't I feel good enough? Where does that come from? And because I don't feel good enough, what are the negative things that's causing me to do? And so once you're aware, you know, and, and even for me, like saying, okay, well, shoot, where does that come from? Oh, got it. That comes because a lot of it's from the death of my father. Okay. All right. So how do I just begin to process that, you know, and heal from that? And so some of the positive things have come through this, through like, okay, saying, I don't always feel good enough, but I'm doing things that actually contribute to the feeling, don't heal the feeling. So me accepting that the feeling is there, then I can say, okay, what are the facts based upon my feelings, right? Because sometimes my feelings are, are, are actually completely not based in fact. So my feelings, my facts are saying, well, you are good enough. God created you good enough. You are exactly who you need to be, when you need to be, where you need to be. And sometimes it's really just repeating that and owning that in a moment that helps begin to feel it. Yeah. You know, that helps me begin to say, okay, yeah, that's cool that you're right. And even now, so like, you know, we were talking even before the camera started rolling and I was in the Bay Area this weekend. And I, I, in the message that I taught on, I was talking about going from discouragement to determination. Because a lot of times when things don't pan out, we get discouraged. Mm -hmm. And so I was encouraging people to get yeah. determined. Yeah, determined good. to go after. Don't stay in a season of discouragement. Whatever you hope didn't happen, acknowledge that it didn't happen. It's okay to be upset about it, but use that of being upset for fuel to become determined mm -hmm. to do whatever you're called to do. And so I was talking about this book, this book coming out, not hitting the New York Times, but sellers list, man. And I was, oh man, oh, I was discouraged. <laughs> yeah, I was discouraged. And then I had to ask myself a question, why? Why are you so discouraged? And a lot of it was, oh, well, I find my value. Oh, well, I'm a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. There you go. That man, that's what, what more prestigious achievement is there as an author, right? I was challenged, again, this wound, going back to the wound, trying to do versus be. And I talk about this in the book. As men, we got to learn how to be, not just do. We need to find our worth in who we are, not in what we do. Mm -hmm. And so I was challenged. I was discouraged. I didn't get the list. Even though I had, you know, the sales and all that kind of stuff in the media, didn't hit the list. So I was discouraged. So I, have, I had a decision to make. Am I going to be determined to just do what I'm called to do and not worry about the list, but focus on the person? Yeah. And literally what, what, what began to happen is as I transitioned from discouragement to determination and no longer putting my value in a list, which who, I mean, what does it even matter? Right. <laughs> At the end of the day, is the content and the message touching people? When I began to change my focus, I began to realize, oh, wow, we're good. Man, people would come right, up to me, right, oh, right. man, I got your book. Oh, wow, you're changing. Man, as men would come to me and say, you're changing how I think about my life. Wow. Women would come up to me and say, oh, I'm getting information. I walk through the airport. People say, oh, I have your book. There was one time I was in Chicago. I'm sitting down, and one of the stewardess, one of the flight attendants, she, she walks right by me. She's like, I got your book. Wow. Can you sign it for me? That's cool. So what it did was it just reinforced, let me stop trying to do to prove my value. Let me just own who I am, share what I know, and find the value in that. And that is how I consistently work on still healing from mm. the wound and the trauma yeah. of losing my father 
because I, I, I still veer towards wanting to do versus wanting to be. Where do you think you'd be if you were still alive? Man, that's a good question. I have no idea. Sometimes I think about that, you know, and it's like, I mean, I think I would be where I am. I might be more whole. Mm. I might be more whole because having that father figure and having that support is like everything, you know what I mean? It's like not having a father is a really deep wound that I don't think anyone who doesn't have a father ever gets over that for whatever reason that you don't have a father in your life, whether it, you know he's just not around or he passed away or whatever the reason may be. So I think if he was here, I think I would be where I am. I probably, like I said, I'd be more whole and it'd be awesome to share these experiences with him. Right, um, do, you you not, do you not feel whole right now? No, I don't feel as whole as I think I would if I really? had, uh, no, 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 because there's nobody I can look to above me that's a man that I came from. Yeah. <laughs> that can tell yeah. me about who I am. Right. You know what I mean? So yes, my mother and my grandmother uh, when she was alive and my aunts and my family do a great job, but there's no experience that can replace sitting across from somebody that is your father or if you're a woman that is your mother. You know, or even as a woman, if that's your father. You know, if you lose a parent, man, there's, no, there's nothing that can replace that. And as a young man trying to figure out manhood in the world, and doing that without your father, that's a very challenging proposition, which I do think for me, it doesn't mean that I don't practice wholeness, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that I don't practice healing. It just means that I recognize there's still a brokenness in me relative to losing him. Wow. What should women know about dating a man who's lost her father? I would say a, a woman dating a man that's lost his father, and I talk about this in the book, that it's important to know to go beneath the surface. And here's what I mean by that. If you're dealing with a man in that situation, or in some men that are not in that situation, go beyond, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Mm -mm. Mm. Because so often when you have a wound, the thing that you try to do is hide it. I don't want the person that, to, that I'm with to know I'm in as much pain as I am. So I want to present an image of I got it all together, I'm yeah. good, I'm cool, I'm calm, I'm collected, I'm successful, nothing phases me. It's just not true. So I would encourage any woman to go beyond how are you doing, oh, I'm fine, no, no. Ask that man, what's worrying you right now? What are you anxious about? What are you afraid of right now? What are the things that are that may be making you a little insecure right now? Hmm. When you start asking those questions, then you start to get to the heart of the matter. Wow. And what begins to happen is that man starts to feel more connected to you than he might any other woman because most women are not asking those questions. They're not going beyond the service. Oh, he's good. Okay, great. You're good. Great. So what are we going to do tonight? Right. Oh, well, what's our date tonight? Yeah. Yeah, cool. We can go, to, we can go on a date, but I want to know how, how you're really doing. Hmm. What's going on on the inside? I think that's some truth, and those are some things that a woman can do, especially with someone who's lost their father or the father's not around. Right. And I would, I would argue that those are tips just, just good in general. In general, yeah, those yeah, are great. That can be yeah, yeah, those are great. You know. Yeah. I want to ask a few more questions. What's the process if you could do these things every single day in your marriage or in a relationship to continue to make it thriving and growing? Yeah. What would be the few things every day that would be non-negotiable for you? Like, <laughs> I know that when I do these things, it's better. And yeah. sometimes I forget, or maybe you do it every day. But what yeah. are those things that you think, if people did these things every single day in a relationship, both sides, it would thrive or you, support, yeah. support the cultivation? Yeah, I think, I think first and foremost, start the day in love. 
and really all that means, you know, like let's just say if you're in a dating sense, let's say you're not living together. Communicating your love and your appreciation to that person when you start the day. Hey, babe, just want to let you know I'm thinking about you. Just woke up. I want you to have an amazing day. Just something simple. Just something simple. Just something simple where you communicate like, yo, you know, or here's a thought for the day, you know, or here's an affirmation I just read I want you to have. Here's a scripture. Mm -hmm. Something where you are communicating your desire for their well-being. Wow. That, oh my goodness. It's powerful. Oh, yeah. It's because because it's like, well, oh my goodness. I, 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 uh, they got my I back. I can't get this. They got my back. Yeah. They got my back. They're thinking about me in a way that is, it goes beyond anything that anyone's ever done. So just, just something that small. In the morning. In the morning. Start the day letting that person know how much you love and appreciate them. I like that. Or, and, and, you know, and, and like, let's say you're married, you know, or you're living with somebody. You do it the same way. Yeah. You know, it's like not just like, okay, I'm getting up, I'm, you know, checking Facebook or whatever, I'm rushing to get to work. Just take a moment. Take a moment. Plug into them. You know, hey, hey, we woke up. It's good to see you. Hi, we made it. <laughs> Love you. Yeah, yeah. You know, anything you need me to do today? Okay, cool. All right. Just that can just that that little bit of consideration, it sets the tone for the day. Mm. Because sometimes in a marriage or in a relationship, Things get so busy yeah. that the other person, no matter how supportive they may be, can start to feel like they're not a priority mm. and they don't matter as much. And that happens on both sides. And so just those little things that communicate, no, 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 yeah. I know, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. You're important to me. And doing that as a level set, I think is awesome. I think also it's more than just checking in during the day. Sometimes, and this is my experience, people have come to me for help in this area. And the only thing they're really interested in is what their partner can provide to them. What they can get out of the relationship. Yes. How they can feel better. Yes. Not always interested in even what their partner does, mm. right? And what's going on. I believe in, I, I think success is in the opposite. And everyone has a different philosophy on this. But I think be aware enough of what that person is going on in their profession what's going on in their life, mm. so that you can even ask questions. Right. Hey, you know, you were having that meeting with, with Bob today. How did that go? Right? Not just like, oh, you're home now. Let's go eat. Or what are we going to do? Like, no, no. Because what happens when you, start to have, when you start to have separate lives, we all have separate lives. It's important to maintain individuality, even in a collective sense. But when you start to have separate lives and, and your partner has no idea what's really going on in it, this is when your relationship is liable for somebody to step out. Mm. So I have a whole chapter in the book. Here's how you save proof for your relationship. Here's how you claim your territory. You got to start plugging in. So during the day, it's okay to say, hey, how'd that meeting go? Or, you know, hey, baby, you know, I know you were going to go to the store. What, how did that go? Did that go okay? So that, that way, both of you feel like you're invested in what the, each person is doing. These are small little tips and tools. They're small things. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. It's like uh, somebody told me, you know, when you, uh, I'm not a I'm not a captain of a ship. I know nothing about not. I know nothing <laughs> about it. But somebody told me that if a ship is one degree off from where it ultimately wants to be, by the time it gets where it's supposed to be, it becomes way off. Right. Every great relationship that ultimately does not work, every great marriage that ultimately falls apart, I believe, starts with the one degree. Mm. It's the one small thing that you don't look at every day but then over time become so massive you can't bridge the gap. So that's what I would just encourage anybody that's in a, in a relationship, wow. marriage, just practice on the small things, the little things. Then let the person know, I hear you, I see you, I love you, I'm for you. If you do that, everything else take care of itself. Wow. What about a woman who's dating a man who knows could be a great man in a relationship, but maybe they're living in fear, they're not fully sharing their truth. Yeah. They're doing things that are a little all over the place. Sure. They're a little messy. Yeah. They're still acting like a boy. Yeah, yeah. Not coming, becoming a full man yet. Yes. But they know, man, this guy has great potential yes. to be this incredible partner, this great loving father, this thriving man in, in, in society. Is there anything a woman can do to call that man forth mm-hmm. to being more of a man? Uh-huh. Or does it have to be the man's decision to say, okay, I'm ready to step up? Okay, so this is good. I talk about this in the book. So I use an I use a anecdote to articulate the answer to this question, which is, so there was a great preacher, old preacher, that said, in every man there's a king and a fool. Yeah, And Terry uh, Crews talked about this on my show. Oh, dope. Yeah, yeah, oh, go good, ahead. Good, good. You probably gonna tell the story better. Uh, well, no, I mean, this is a quick anecdote. I don't know, I don't yeah, know how yeah. extensive he went. Yeah. But um, this preacher said that his wife, whenever he would act a fool, she would talk to the king. And she said, and he said what that did was, it helped him put aside his foolish ways. Wow. Because she would talk, she would she would talk to the king in him. She would bring the king out of him. So in my book, I talk about love represents the master, right? So in every man, there is that master. And so in in a dating sense, if a woman is dating a man and she knows that there is great potential or power there, I do think it's important to help cultivate that love in him, to help call that master out, to help you know affirm the goodness that is within him. However, here's what's so important. So the answer to your question is that both. If that man is not open to doing his work. There's nothing that that woman can do. A woman cannot do a man's work for him. Mm. As a man, I have to commit to doing my work. And when I have a woman in my life that I involve in the process, then I allow her to even speak to the master in me to bring that master out, to bring that love out. But some men are like saying, hey, no, I'm not, I don't wanna become better. I don't, so you can call the master all you want. It ain't, he ain't coming, <laughs> right? Not yeah, yeah. I'm not ready. Yeah. So in this situation, Here's what is so important. And this is where, one of the reasons why I wanted to write this book, so women can have information. Why? So they can take the power back in a relationship. When you're dealing with a man, and this book will give you tips and tools to know what kind of man you're dealing with. When you're dealing with a man who is not willing to do his work, who's not willing to lead in love or operate in love, or not even open to what you're trying to do to bring love out of him, the biggest thing you can do is leave. Why? Because the pain of your absence, talking to a single woman now, the pain of your absence is sometimes the only thing that can convince him to change. It's true. And sometimes when you're a man and the woman is with you, 
walking with you, sometimes men take that for granted, the presence, her presence for granted. Absolutely. I know it's hard to do, but sometimes you gotta say, you know what, I'm out. I love you too much to stay. Mm. And if you choose to change, and, and maybe I'll still be around, but I, I can no longer accept living life less than what I know I'm actually qualified to live. And that's taking women to be called to their own self-worth and, there you go. and acceptance of being alone. There you go. Potentially. Yeah. And being okay being alone and not having that partner or that person by your side. Right, because here's the reality to me. It's like, I don't believe you have to choose between love and being respected. Mm. And, and so often I think that, you know, the culture wants women to feel like they have to make that decision. Well, at least I have a man in my life. No, I'm not respected as much as I might like. No, I'm not valued as much as I might like, but I still have that companionship. But what's that companionship worth? If you as a woman can't be your full self, if you can't be the 100% of who you, you really are, is it worth it? I'd rather you be alone and single and be whole yeah. than to be in a situation where you never feel like you can be all, all that you wanna be just because you want the companionship. Mm. And I do believe that if you are whole and you are single, and you're gonna find the right person, it's gonna happen. Just give it time. And don't lower your standards just to have companionship. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, the person you're lowering your standards for is not gonna value you anyway. Mm. But the person that has to work and that you keep your standards high for, they say, wow, I, I, man, this <laughs> I value this. Right. I value her, man. I, as a man, I had to step up to her. Mm -hmm. You know, like that, for men, that matters. Versus sometimes when you're dating and you know the woman has kind of compromised, it just, it's not, it's not the best situation. Yeah. yeah. This is powerful, man. We'll have to have you come back on soon and, and talk more about relationships because I'm just getting <laughs> started. Here. Just getting started here. But uh, this question is called the three truths. I think I asked it to you last time. Okay. We'll see if it's changed. Oh boy. So imagine you've achieved everything you want in your life. Yes. For the next 100, 200 years. You're around for as long as you want. But then one day you gotta say, all right, it's time for me to go from this yes. physical body, okay, right? Okay. And you've created all the books, the movies, you've done everything you can imagine. Yeah. Any dream, it's come true. Mm -hmm. The most beautiful family, marriage, everything. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, you gotta take all your work with you when you go. Okay. So your message isn't in the world physically anymore. Yes. But you get to write down on a piece of paper three things you know to be true about your entire life's experience these lessons that you know to be so true that you would wanna pass on to the world. Mm -hmm. And this is all the world would have to be reminded of you, mm -hmm. except for their memory of you. Mm -hmm. So three things that you know to be true that you would share with the world, what would you say are your three truths? <laughs> Man, okay. <laughs> I would say love will, love works, and love wins. That's what I would say. Love will always find a way. Love absolutely works. And at the end of the day, love will win. Wow. Period. It's powerful. Yeah. It's powerful. <laughs> Thank you. We can get your book online right now. Everywhere. At bookstores. Yeah. Make sure you guys go get this book, The Truth About Men, uh, What Men and Women Need to Know. This is going to be really powerful for you. I recommend getting this, whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship. Read it with your partner. Amen. Get it for a girlfriend of yours because <laughs> we know that women are going to read this more than men probably. So get it for a few girlfriends of yours and let Devon know what you think about it. Make sure you share Please. this episode out. Let him know what you enjoyed most about this interview. Before I ask the final question, I would acknowledge you, Devon, for, again, just constantly doing the work. I love that you said that you shared your truth, but you continue to be humble with an asterisk and say, you know what, but there might be more stuff that I uncover later today or next week or in a year that I haven't been truthful about. Yeah. So that you continue to do the work, 
that you're honest about your relationship of uh, not being perfect like on social media all yeah. the time. Yeah, 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 there's yeah. constant challenges, but yeah. you've created a safe space for that relationship. I acknowledge you for, for constantly producing inspiring work. I feel like you're in an industry that people can get caught up with, with the wrong things and you continue to create meaningful work, your movies, around ideas and inspire the world. Wow. And for me, that's, you're living in truth and the work you do and the relationship and the man that you are. So I acknowledge you for that, my man, brother. Appreciate that, man. Um, of course, Likewise, man. man. Of course, man. Final question is, what's your definition of greatness? Whew, what's my definition of greatness, <laughs> man? Lord have mercy. <laughs> I really think greatness is mostly found in, in humility. Mm. I, I think that the greatest people I know are the most humble. Yeah. They're, they're not the strongest. They're not the richest. They're not the most dominant. They are the most humble. Mm. And that humility, when I've been around them, is like, oh man, you're great. Because you don't have to be humble. But when I'm really in the presence of greatness, I'm absolutely in the presence of humility. Mm. That's how I define it. Devon Franklin. Thanks, man. Appreciate (laughs) it. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. There you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Devon Franklin is the man. He's got so much wisdom around this topic of love, lust, marriage, relationships. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got a lot of wisdom out of it. Make sure to tag Devon over on Instagram. Let him know what you thought about this. Tag me as well. Take a screenshot of this while you're listening and post it on your Instagram stories so we can reply back to you and connect over there as well. And spread the message of greatness. If you want to help someone who might be struggling or just want to continue inspiring the friends in your life, then send them this link, lewishouse.com slash 769. Or you can just take the link from your podcast app or on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this right now. You are an amazing human being. You have so much love inside of your heart. And James Baldwin said, love takes off masks that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. And Leo Buscalgia said, What love we've given will have forever. What love we fail to give will be lost for all eternity. Stop holding back the love in your heart for the friends and family and people around you. Start giving it away more and more every single day and watch your life unfold in a beautiful way. I love you so very much. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and nada yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.